What happens is you go back to what I call a parentified system. So you hire someone and then you lean over and you check on their work and that's really creating another job for you. And then it's like a parent, child, teacher, students type situation. And that's where most large businesses operate. That person does repetitive work and it has to be checked on and that kind of thing. When we set it up with our win formula or what is next team, they manage me. Let me ask you something. Is leveraging your time better in your business part of your plans for 2022? Are you considering hiring the first member of your team or scaling your team in 2022? Well, this episode is for you. Let's get into it. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host, Ben Amos, and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy, and storytelling, along with practical tips, insight, and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, my friends. Welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast and Welcome back to 2022. Is that the right thing to say? Welcome back or just welcome? Either way, it feels like 2022 has been kicking along for a while now as we near the end of January here as of the release of this episode. And it's been an interesting start to the year for me as I ended up in home isolation for a couple of weeks with COVID running through the family. We're all good now and getting ready to kick off a cracking year here both in my video agency and for Engage Video Marketing and this podcast. Lots of awesome guests lined up and I'm so glad you're here to join me on this journey. So in today's episode, we're going to explore something that I feel is really quite relevant now here at the start of 2022. It's kind of like the ideal time to be planning out your ideal year and setting things up for success throughout the year. Now, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions and that sort of thing. I think that, you know, goal setting should be something that's done throughout the year and looked back upon throughout the year in multiple stages, not just at the beginning of January. However, I believe that the start of a new calendar year really is the time to focus in on what you want for this year, what you want to achieve in the next 12 months. And that's why I wanted to bring this episode to you today. So, In this episode, we're going to be exploring the idea of leveraging your time as an entrepreneur and a business owner, and in particular, leveraging your time through team. Now, the interview today is with Chris Ward. She's a leading authority in leveraging your time and scaling your business. She is the founder of the Win the Hour, Win the Day philosophy. And she's written a book called Win the Hour, Win the Day. And that's the name of her podcast as well. So Chris is an expert at helping entrepreneurs create what she calls their win team, which refers to what is next so that they can get to what is next. And helping entrepreneurs implement the 60-40 win formula so that they can be in execution mode 60% of the time. Because as we know, execution equals revenue. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode. It really is inspiring the way that Chris is going to break down how we can be thinking about hiring the right team for us and leveraging our team better 
so that we can win the hour, win the day, and win back time in our business. So let's get into it. Let's kick off 2022 here with the Engage Video Marketing Podcast with Chris Ward, win the hour, win the day. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Ben, I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, I mentioned before we hit record here that I feel that today's conversation is going to be very relevant for, for the listeners of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, particularly right now at the start of 2022. You know, I feel that we go into a new year and definitely I do thinking, you know, I want to make this year my best year yet. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you, you maybe set some goals, you set some plans and you take some actions and then you get to the end of the year and you see where you end up. Well, that's typically my story, but I'd love to kind of hear what you're going to share with us today. But before we get into that, can you tell us a bit more about who is Chris Ward and what's your story? Yeah, sure. I'll answer anything. I'll tell you anything about my weight. How's that, Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds like a good deal. I I guess what I, you know, my backstory is this, and I think it's really important because people often just think, oh, you're organized or you get stuff done. Like, first of all, I would call myself a recovering Russiaholic. That was my answer to everything. Just go faster. So I started my business like 12, 15 years ago. And the first two years I was in business, I worked insane hours. Like it was nuts. Right. And I soon realized that, you know, you go about two years without sleep and you start to lose some of your charm. Your edges get a little rough and you're not the warm human being that you thought you were. So I quickly realized with my support system and my husband was so amazing about the business. I thought I can't be snapping all these people all the time because I'm trying to get one more email in at these crazy hours. So I went from working 16 hours a day down to six. Now that didn't happen overnight. That's a story all on its own, but let me move this story forward. And luckily I did because it was a couple years after that, that my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer. And when I returned to the business after his passing, my existing clients had no idea of my absence. They did not know. They were shocked. The local business community knew nothing about it. It was just not how we navigated his journey. It wasn't, wasn't the attention I needed. We didn't feel it was good for business. It just wasn't where our focus was. So they started to come to me and say like, Chris, if you were away and we didn't know, maybe, you know, under the fragility of life, maybe you could help me get to my kids' soccer games or stop, you know, ignoring my family on Sundays when I'm slinking off to get, you know, more work done with their outside playing and type of thing. So I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I do believe that your business should support your life instead of consuming it. And that business should be fun. We all left a job we didn't like. We're supposed to be having fun, right? So I thought, okay, let me see if I can help these people. And I did. And then one thing led to another. And I realized there were so many of you guys out there where you look good on paper and you know, your business is alive after five years and you know, you're making money, but you're still just grinding it out so much harder than you expected to be at year five, eight, et cetera. Right. So I thought, oh my heavens. So that's when I realized, you know what, again, because you look good on paper, you look good online. No one knows you're doing this in isolation. You're the last one to go to bed at night, the first one to get up and all this stuff. So that's when I wrote my book, when the hour, when the day. And it really just snowballed from there. We, we've got coaching and now we've got, you know, private, semi-private, but now we have this fantastic, uh, group called the winner circle, which is extremely affordable and, and a lot of really amazing content. And all my clients repeatedly tell me within the first month of working with us, they get 25 hours back a week. So that's kind of how I got here, Ben. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. And sorry to hear about your husband. Of course, that must be an awful thing to go through. 
I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what sort of work were you doing before you, you got into this um, productivity or the coaching side of what you do now? Yeah, I apologize. I skipped that in the beginning. So I'm a marketing strategist. Uh, marketing strategist. I f- specialize in market messaging is what I started my business with. We do still do that on some uh, avenue, but we don't, you know, that's not the messaging you see out there because it would confuse the marketplace. But market messaging is what I started with. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So now with win the hour, win the day, uh, the idea here is that, you know, it's really about kind of taking control back of, of your life and your business and, and getting, you know, getting your, getting your stuff sorted. Right. Which I think so many, so many people would resonate with that idea, um, particularly, you know, after the last couple of years. So what, what have you seen in the business owners, the business people you've been working with, how has the, the big word has been uncertainty over the last couple of years, right? So how has that kind of played out in in their daily lives as business owners? Well, you know, this is a crazy time. It does remind me, my husband used to like those really cheap, low budget, crazy, like tomatoes are invading the earth kind of movies. Like there wasn't an ounce of budget or ounce of plot in them, but there was always some crazy thing happening, right? You know, and this is what has reminded me the last year or two, you think, well, this has got to end. This is insanity. So this is a unique situation. However, I do argue that there is always something like people will say, oh, it's the economy. Oh, kids these days. Oh, technology. Right. So I do think there is always something. And I, to me, that leans into even more why it's so much important to have what I call, you know, have a win team, a what is next team. So you can get to what is next and to rely heavily on what we call our super toolkits, which allow you to be in execution mode 60% of the time, instead of constantly trapped in the web of admin so that you can get to that next thing that if you do have to hunker down or pivot or do something, you have the bandwidth in your business to do that. Right. And I think that has reminded us all of this, this idea of you didn't start a business just to run it and to try to keep up and, and to be saying so many entrepreneurs, if you guys hear yourself saying this even once, like, well, once I get past this next thing, you know, once we get the website up or once after the holidays or once, 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 you're always waiting for this once thing, but that's just not realistic. So I think it's an, an inflamed reminder of stuff happens. I mean, you were very sympathetic to my story, but I would say to you, life has interruptions and that just happened to be my, you know, interruption there. And and I'm not minimizing, I'm just saying things come at you. And so you want to have things set up so that you are stable and you're always been able to consistently move forward for the health of yourself and the business. Yeah. So I think for many people in business, they, they start out, as you mentioned there, you know, doing all the things in your business, right? Particularly when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out as a, as a one person operation and, and then potentially, you know, my story as well is that you hire some stuff. You start to get to a point where you need some help with things, right? So you start to bring on people to do things that you can't do anymore or you don't want to be doing. And then I think the problem you get to is you get to these different um, kind of ceilings maybe or different points in the business where you start to find yourself just feeling like you're doing all the things again right so mm. this is my experience anyway and you get this kind of stepping up and then stalling out and then you try and change something maybe you hire someone else or you'd make a change then you stall out again is that just a constant cycle that is is inevitable in business or is there am I approaching something wrong 
No, this gets me so excited and not because of your struggles. <laughs> Let me be sympathetic <laughs> here. This, you know, that's a fantastic question, Ben, because this is what I hear all the time from my clients, right? So they'll say like, okay, I knew I needed a team. So I hired someone Then that didn't quite work out. So then I realized, oh, maybe I need to pay more or maybe I needed two people or maybe I needed someone who specialized in this, right? And what I would say, it's kind of like you've, you're jogging or trying to climb a hill in sand. Like you've got the idea, I have to get up that hill, but it's really treacherous with the sand. I'm just not getting any traction is what you're, is what you're saying. Is that correct, Ben? You're saying I'm not getting traction, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So what we're talking about here is we're talking about, I, I tend to talk about like a three, three, uh, a bar stool with three legs. So I talk about team time and your toolkits. So leaning into the team, the first mistake so many people make is, let me back up for a second. It is so unbelievably affordable to have a team now. And a team can be one person or two. It's really, it doesn't have to be big, right? It can be very lean. It's really about the approach, the culture and the mindset, not about the numbers. So in this world, so many other someone, let's take the money out of it right away and not even address that right now. What happens is you go back to what I call a parentified system. So you hire someone and then you lean over and you check on their work and that's really creating another job for you. And then it's like a parent, child, teacher, students type situation. And that's what it is. And that's what we all know. And that's where most large businesses operate. That person does repetitive work and it has to be checked on and that kind of thing. When we set it up with our win formula or what is next team, they manage me. They're always propelling me forward. So instead of me in a little rowboat slugging it out, I now have an engine on the back of that boat, right? And we operate very much on the, on the premise that you should have 60% execution ability in your bandwidth, right? And so the whole setup is there that there really effectively becomes an infrastructure that you constantly can build on. Because listen, when I wrote my book, When the Hour, When the Day, oh my God, you know, as God is my witness, like a, you know, like a 10 year old child, I will never want for anything again when I get this book out. Right. <laughs> and I thought there should be like a parade in my honor, you know, and that yeah. book wasn't out very long. And then there was my podcast when the hour, when the day podcast, we just discussed general business and all kinds of things. Now I'm looking at that book empty handed going, you know what? That really should be part one of three part series. Like there's always something right. When you're walking in the desert and you see horizon, the horizon's always moving. So you don't want to Ben be going back and revisiting and struggling. And th these are the people exactly like you're talking to me about. These are the people I work with. They're smart. They get stuff done, but they're not getting as much done as they feel they could. And the problem is, is they really just don't have a win team or they don't have what I call infrastructure to build upon. Yeah. Okay. I love that. But now I'm obviously, and my listeners are too intrigued about the win team. You mentioned that what is next. Yeah. Can you explain that concept to us? Break it down a bit. Yeah. So the win team, what is next team means that we can always get to what is next, what is next. Right. So again, I'm not managing them. They're managing me in fact, and they take courses for me and everything. And how we lean into that was what we call our super toolkits. So our super toolkits are very, um, it's like sort of, well, it's, it's people confuse it with standard operating procedures, SOPs. 
Super toolkits are really like that on steroids. Standard operating procedures are, you know, not usually written by the end user. They're written to cover liability. They're static in nature. Super toolkits allow you constantly to be taking something that you get more effective at and say, oh, this is 12 steps and we can get it down to 10. We can get it down to eight, right? So it's not about going faster. That was a misnomer I had for years. Like get out of my way. I can go really fast. But let me give you two quick examples is before Christmas, what happened was I have somebody that's been working with me for full time for a couple of years. And now she's going back to college and moving across the country to do so fine. Okay. So this was this, and she finally, with all the COVID craziness, she finally got, okay, no, it's happening. It's happening for the next semester. And we found out really quick because it's canceled. It's not canceled. So about three weeks before Christmas, we found out she's moving across the country and it's you know, actually across the world and it's changing your schedule. I was asked last minute to do a four hour presentation on productivity for a corporation that somebody fell out at the last minute on leadership day. We had hired somebody just because even Kazel, though she was moving for college, her position had grown so much that we were like, oh, we, she should really have some help with the junior level stuff because it, she's got, she's just getting really good at her job. So we hired somebody right before Christmas. I found out two weeks in before this speaking gig that I had to do this four hour presentation, which I really kind of had to make from scratch because they wanted something very specifically. Like I had the resources, but I had to repur repurpose it. Right. So we did all that. And when I looked at my calendar, I really only had two days. Like when you're practicing a four hour presentation, if you do it even twice, that's one day, right? So I had to make the slides, pull it all together. You know, now when I say make the slides, we have a process. So there's only a certain amount I have to do, but I, I, I digress. There was a fair bit of work to this. All that happened and there was no extra stress on my calendar. Kazel trained Mora, the new person, because we had these super toolkits in play everything went tickety boo. We even got new business and everything was just seamless because we had these things in play and, and these things being the super toolkits, which are really the infrastructure to everything, right? It's kind of like, if you can imagine Ben, it's almost like if you imagine, you know, picturing in your left hand, a, a house plant and you said, Oh my gosh, I bought this house plant. It's super exciting. I, I, it looks well, it's alive. I really love doing this. It makes me feel good. I'm going to go out and get another one. So now if you imagine you've got two house plants and you feel good about it and you're like, I, I'm really enjoying this. You know what? I, I'm going to start making money off these house plants. I want to, I want to make a lot of money. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a farm. And so what's the difference between the house plants, the two or three in your left hand, and then a field of plants? Like what is the difference? It's the infrastructure. Isn't that interesting? It's the infrastructure that allows for that output, right? It could be the same plant. It's yeah. just in volume. And that what happens so many people like your business is you get one plant, two plant, and then it dies off and you go out and get another plant. Now you're chasing dying plants. And when a plant dies, it's not the time to go and get a new plant. And that's exactly what we do with our business and our customers. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I need more revenue. Okay. You run off and do that and you drop the ball and they come in, you onboard it and get busy because you don't have these super toolkits in play that leverage your time and allow you to keep moving on to what I would call the real work, the execution, because ex execution really equals income. So it's that part you're missing, the difference between two house plants and a farm that you can't build on, you're rotating it. Does that make sense, Ben? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that structure, but it's also that structure that feeds itself, right? So, you know, that it doesn't require the business owner to be tending to every plant, you know, using your metaphor there, right? That's how you can scale up to a farm. A farmer doesn't pay attention to every single plant in the field. They have systems that they use to tend to all of them at once, right? Is that what we're getting at? Yeah. And it's even more than that. Cause you think systems as entrepreneur, you think, oh, that sounds like dry and limiting, but it gives you a freedom. So uh, here's another quick example. We had, uh, somebody on my team came to me and they said, you know, first of all, we were looking at with our podcast, when the hour, when the day podcast, we were like getting close to like 200 five-star reviews. So you're always looking for stuff to put up on social media. So I'm like, okay, we'll make a banner. We got 200 five-star reviews. Isn't that great? Excuse me. And then somebody came on my team and said, Chris, I found this website. There's all these other platforms that we didn't know you could leave a review on. We have 952 five-star reviews. And I was like, that's got to be fake. And we looked at it and I knew the people we could scroll through and we see the dates on these were all real. Now, Ben, just so you know, I'm a very flawed human being. I was like, oh, so close to a thousand, right? <laughs> so I from 200 to like, oh, it's not enough, right? So anyhow, I was like, that's crazy. So I took that link and I went into a couple of communities online and podcast communities. I said, Hey, I didn't know about this. Did you guys? And they're like, no. So all of a sudden look like the big hero. Everyone's like, you're amazing. Chris, thanks so much. La, la, la. Well, here's the thing because my win team, because she had the bandwidth that we're always using these super toolkits and she's always got a really big portion of execution mode. I didn't tell her Go find if we can figure out if there's more places we've got reviews. She has the bandwidth to do that, to move me forward. So those kind of things happen. It's not a matter of I'm not checking on everything. There's a whole bunch of things that I have nothing to do with, but they take care of itself because these super toolkits make it more and more efficient. Okay, cool. I'm interested to dive a little bit deeper into the difference between what you're calling a super toolkit and a standard operating procedure or, you know, some kind of operations manual kind of thing. So, so what is the key difference if you were to sum that up? Well, it's a little harder to sum up than it is to show you. But what I would say again is they're always, it's a breathing document and that it, it leverages itself on efficiency. And there's a certain style of doing it and how it's processed. So we do teach that in the winner circle. It's very powerful, but it really is the infrastructure to everything that you're doing. And it really is about, you know, allowing you the freedom to really be doing the work that truly only Ben can do and has to do. So in my case, it's like it, if it requires Chris's FaceTime, like when I'm on a show like amazing, you know, show like this, or when I'm sending somebody a video about something or whatever, or if I'm doing a sales call, anything where my face has to be there, then I'm the only one that can do that. Having said that though, you know, it's all set up so that, you know, when I hop on to do my show on my calendar, my team has all the notes I need. So I could do six shows in a row because I click on that and I'm like, Oh, I've got Ben's link to his LinkedIn page. I've got his link to his show. I've got everything right there. Oh yeah. There's a picture of him and his dog, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. So then I can, it takes less time. So the super toolkit, I would love to summarize it really powerfully for you one second, second, but what it really is, it's a breathing document that increases its efficiency constantly, constantly. And then you can, when you hire somebody, 
because you always want to have someone that's outgrowing their position. So it's not even a matter of like what I call Ethel syndrome. Like if you had a doctor in the fifties and then his secretary, Ethel knows where his keys are and what he likes for lunch. And if she left, he'd be in a hot mess, right? We don't want that. But not only that, you want like in the case where, you know, Kazel, person on my team, we hired Mara. She just trained her. I had nothing to do with that. I did not spend five minutes on that, but the super toolkits took care of everything. So it allows for efficiency and consistency and constantly editing it to make it more and more effective. Okay, cool. And for the listeners who are interested in diving deeper into some of this stuff with Chris, I know you're going to share some some additional resources and way that, ways that they can connect further as well, which I'm sure will be helpful to go, go deeper into that concept. Another thing that I want to just clarify for our listeners is this idea of the win team. Like if you were to think about the those ideal people to be on that team behind you to to enable that exactly what we've been talking about there. What sort of roles are they? Like, how would you describe those roles? There's that term integrator, which um, you're probably familiar with. Um, but who are these people? What roles are they? Is it like an operations manager? Is that no, a term? No, nothing at all big and complicated like that. Like you could have a win team with two people or one person and you, right? And it's not big bucks at all. I swear if you can afford a coffee, you can afford a win team, right? Because even if, Ben, you had a million dollars and you were working with us, first of all, in the winner's circle, we hire training on board the first person for you. And then we train you how to do it yourself, right? Uh, and the winner's circles are really amazing new uh, program. And I guarantee you would just love. And with the winner circle, then we show you how to do that. But we're not talking operations manager and all that heavy, expensive stuff and complicated. Not at all. And, and what the win team is really about. Now, I've been doing this for a really long time. Like I was hiring for myself, like, you know, 10, 11 years ago. So I went through, it's not rocket science, but I went through a lot of painful ways figuring out how to like, oh, what's a good hire and what's this? It's a whole skill set on its own. So what I would tell you is, I would address some of the common mistakes that people make. They tend to hire someone. And this is, we talked about in the beginning of our conversation where you're like, oh, okay, well, I, I really want this person to be professional or do well, or my clients are really important or they're big ticket items, whatever. So then you, I, I've had clients come to me at the end of it that were paying 50 bucks an hour and for some sort of virtual assistant or whatever. And then they're working with us and they're paying like five, six, seven US dollars an hour. And they're saying, Chris, it's not even about the money. It's that this person is like circles around my last person. Like this is insane with the super toolkits, everything. This is crazy. It's night and day, right? So it's not a big complicated thing. Couple mistakes that people make most often is they think that person they bring on is going to have systems for them. Like, okay, I need somebody to organize me. That is like asking them to parent up. Like now they're going to yeah. parent you. They can't. They can't say, Ben, Ben, this is the third time this week you've asked me for that. Get it together, Ben. Like that's not going to fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't do that. They can't organize you. Another thing is people then say, well, I'm going to get a VA. And then that is the dumping ground for everything. Now, I, we operate on a very lean team. I'm all about lean teams. Like we generally work with entrepreneurs with people between, you know, zero to let's say six people on their team. Usually sweet pot spot. I can't talk sweet spot is around three. So I'm not talking like organizational big ticket money. Right. But what will often happen is 
oh, I'll get a VA and then she'll help me with my social media. And then, well, let's just take social media. Is that posting? Is that writing the post? Is that knowing the back end? Is that creating graphics? What is that? That's a lot of different skill sets, right? So people often just clump everything into one back to the ethyl syndrome, and that's a mistake. And then they just think they have to keep paying for more. That person's going to come with systems, right? So those are two big things that get you off on the wrong path right from the get-go. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a very common thing when people are looking to hire, particularly the first one or two hires, whether that be a, a virtual offshore kind of an assistant or even, um, you know, uh, in, in your own country as well. I think... The common thing is you want someone to kind of replicate you and do everything. You know, if you're used to doing everything, um, everything in your business from finances, marketing, posting, social media, creating content, selling, delivering, whatever it is that you do, you want to just replicate yourself. So you, you kind of want to hire someone that can do everything. And as you're identifying there, that's, that's a mistake. Well, I would argue that you're not doing everything well. You just can't possibly be. You can't. Like you just cannot have a brain that has the same aptitude as for the tech side of the back end of YouTube as it does for sales. Like you just can't, right? Never mind that you divide your time and there's decision fatigue and attention residue and all that stuff, right? What I would say though is is what I call the three Ds. Damaging overhead, diminished opportunity, sorry, damaging overhead, delayed income and diminished opportunity. Damaging overhead What I would say is, Ben, if you could sell any of your services, even for like a hundred dollars, when you're working on something at five, six, seven o'clock at night, you're billing your company a hundred dollars. That's revenue you could have brought in and you're not, you're billing yourself. So you are the most expensive damaging overhead. Then there's delayed income. How much does it cost you when you got that client in June that you could have had in January? Plus if they gave you one referral. And then there's the most painful of them all that I would call diminished opportunity. And that's when somebody says, oh, Ben, I wish I knew you did this. We just hired, we just locked into a contract for somebody just that does exactly what you do. And I didn't, I didn't get what you do. Now look at the lifetime value of that client. So I'm not a big proponent of words like delegate because delegate is a lateral move, right? You want people that are going to be, you know, in their zone of genius, that really brings something to the table. Like I'd mentioned Kazel earlier. Oh my gosh, where my brain operates is when that math part that everybody else got, it's like an open window with leaves blowing around, right? I have no math ability whatsoever. And spreadsheets used to stress me out because it just looked like a lot of numbers coming at you. But Kazel is like some sort of artist about spreadsheets. And I can get an incredible amount of information now through the spreadsheet she does and how she lays them out. And now I'm like, everything's a spreadsheet. What do I have for lunch? I should put it in a spreadsheet, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and she brought that to the table. So I'm like, here's the information I need. How can we do this? Blah, blah, blah. So what I would say is you really have a limited vision. If you think, oh, I need a bunch of people like me, because you're, you're selling the potential very short. And that's, I'm passionate about that. So I hope it doesn't come out harsh. Yeah, no, I hear. So I'm interested, who are the first one or two members of your win team? Like where, where do you look at what you need and where do you start? Where do you recommend people start? I think 
often a VA is a good place to start, but you just need to manage that and make sure it's not a dumping ground for everything. So I would say that we do live in a world of copy and paste and that there is a lot of things that you do that you think you need to do that you don't and that you're like, oh, I didn't even. So here's a quick example. Um, when I, once a week I do some sort of networking thing or I have a video outreach that I do for different purposes, right? So I use my bomb bomb platform and then I'll do this little video and I've got, they've prepped me with a list. I'm looking for a certain criteria and then they give me the list and the links and I do the video. Now for a while, what would happen is let's say I was reaching out to somebody on LinkedIn. Then I would go to the LinkedIn page and I would share the video in the messaging thing and what, and then all of a sudden I realized why am I doing this? Once I do the video, they got access to the video online because it's this video platform. They have the list. They created it for me. They can just send the video. Why am I doing this? I know it sounds ridiculous, but all of a sudden I realized, boom. So then what was taking me like, say 45 minutes to shoot and export and get 10 videos out was now down to 20. Cause I realized if it, they're in my LinkedIn account, they have the list. They can do it. And the person on the other end, it just gets done better and faster. This is fine. So there's all kinds of, even if something takes you, here's a better example. Even we had an interior designer uh, as a client and she said, Chris, you don't understand. I go into a home. I see stuff. I just see it. I move things around. It's what I do. I can't get help. That just isn't going to work in my world everywhere else. It's going to work. Not in my world. And we hear that all the time. Chris, you don't understand my business. My business is different. It's not going to work in my world. Okay. So with that client, we looked and it took her about two hours when she was doing the initial console and the getting into the home, moving things around. The whole thing took about two hours. We sat down with her and we started to see that there was some paperwork pre and post that she didn't have to do there. Although she thought she did well, once I get their name and their address, it's just as simple to ask them what they like about this and boom, and boom, whatever. So we started working with her. Now at the end of it, we got her down to on average 45 to 60 minutes per appointment. So then because all this admin stuff that she thought, well, this only takes a second to do, and I'm already here anyhow, and this takes a second to do. So then she started condensing her appointments to just mornings and doing really big ticket items, speaking gigs in the afternoons and being on like, you know, stages with high end television personalities for the design world. And she said, not in a million years, Chris, would I have gotten here myself, you know? And it was her thinking, I'm the designer you don't understand. There's no way to condense this. So I would argue there is always pre and post work. There's always copy and paste. Start with the VA. And here's another little quick point, Ben. So many people think, well, I have to create all these systems. Like even if you're not using super toolkits and you're just using basic systems, what I would say is you could do a Loom screen share. Loom is free. And you could be just hit the screen share and say, okay, uh, Sarah, I'm going to do this now. I do this every Friday just to get the videos ready for next week. This is what I do. Can you send this back to me typed out in the steps and start following this next week and you take over? And even if she did it, Let's say you do it, I would argue probably at 70%. You're probably not doing it at 100% because you're tired, you're doing too many things, you're going too many different directions. But let's say you did it at 80% and she does it, does it at 60 the first week. You know what? You're still ahead of the game because you're off doing something else, making money. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense? Makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's a really clever way to just start really understanding what takes up an hour of your day, you know, like back to your your title of your book, Win the Hour, Win the Day, is the idea that if you are conscious of 
And I'd probably recommend that you take some time to be more conscious of what you're doing in the hours of your day. Because I, I think what you mentioned there, which I think is really important to understand, is that you feel that the, the work that you do, only you can do. But the reality is there's a small part of the work that you do, only you can do. The rest of it, like you say, can be put on someone else's plate. And I think you can do that in a very smart way to, to just better leverage your time as, as the entrepreneur, as the as the entrepreneurial genius that I know you are. Yeah. So yeah, you're the visionary. You're the one with yeah. the ideas. You didn't start a business just to run it. Right. So you need to be, and you need the bandwidth, Never mind the time in your calendar. You need the brain that you don't need to, you know, you really should be able to start your day refreshed and leave fresh. Right. And you, you just, you can't do that when your brain is, you're in constant reaction mode and trying to keep up and you're stressed out and you're going all in different directions. So can you get it done? I'm sure you are getting it done. A lot of my clients get it done, but is it enjoyable? Do they have a business that supports their life instead of consuming it? If they, you know, slipped in, I've had, I've seen people who slipped and broke their arm and almost lost their business because you know, it just shouldn't be that precarious, right? That's not a business. That's a, that's a hard way to live. So, and, and plus the whole human experience is about when you have an idea and you're moving towards that idea, that's what makes people energized and excited. When you have this idea and it seems like you and that are constantly moving and further, further away from each other, that's what makes being an entrepreneur so painful. So business should be fun. And it, and you're being lied to this grinding it out thing. That's just somebody telling you a really hero's journey of an ill-planned trip. It doesn't need to be this hard. And I'm telling you, you're working against yourself. Yeah. Don't get me started, yeah. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And I think that's really inspiring for, for our listeners today to really take take this away and think about how are they spending an hour in their day, in their in their work day or in their life, right? Um, because, you know, as, as Chris is sharing here, you know, there is so much more benefit, you know, even over and above the idea of growing and scaling a business, benefits just to to life and happiness and fulfillment, you know, just living a better life as an entrepreneur or a business owner. And I think that simply can't be underestimated. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Work school hours. So you take any Friday off you want longer summers. Like you, you, you were, you know, you probably started this business thing for some sort of idea of freedom. And I remember those first two years where one night in the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, I'd been up since five 30 and I thought, people died. People died to protect labor laws. Like if I was working for somebody else, this is against the law. This is insanity. And I lived it. I remember being in a meeting where I had to walk from one end of the building to the other and I was a potential client. And I remember thinking on the way there, I will rest one eye and on the way there back, I'll rest the other because I was so tired. I thought I could nap and walk with one eye closed. So we've all been there. And I'm just telling you, my business really soared when I started to put these super toolkits in play and with the wind team and, and so have all my clients. So it's, it's more lucrative. It's more enjoyable. It's more fun. It's just everything. Love it. Chris, if you were to leave our listeners with one action step from today. So one thing that they can take action on after listening to this episode to move them forward towards winning the hour and winning the day, what would that be? You know, probably a really simple place to start is just to have a piece of paper beside your desk on, you know, the left-hand side and just make a note of 
some things that you're doing with your day, because we're all so running around reactionary. You guys are out there just stressing, trying to keep up and you just don't have any clear idea of your inventory. So if you just start making notes, cause you're also not using your calendar effectively and you got all these to-do lists, but just start making notes like, okay, I spent two hours in email and I did this and I had to fix the slide and then I'd get ready for that. And all of a sudden you'll start to realize if you have the opportunity to reach out to someone like me or someone you think can help you. And then you'll realize that, oh my gosh, there was a lot of busy work there, but that could have, been, you know, I could set that up for somebody else to do it. So I guess you can't improve what you don't measure. Let me back up for a second. Another really powerful thing is also using your calendar. Your calendar is your time bank account. And so many people operate off to-do lists, but if you start putting everything on your calendar, I would tell you most people, what happens is there's things they do every day and it's not even on their calendar, like answering emails. They don't count that as work. So what happens is you fall into the day thinking you might have eight hours, but you have four. And that's like saying, well, Ben, my car payment comes out every month, but I know that. So I don't count it. Well, the money's still gone. Right? So even understanding where your time is going would really sober you up quickly. And you'd be going, well, no wonder I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good actionable steps for people to take is just take that time to do an audit of what it is that they're spending their time on. So Chris, you're book, Win the Hour, Win the Day. I recommend people pick that up and listen to the podcast, Win the Hour, Win the Day podcast. And where else can people go to dive deeper and find out more about what you have going on? Yeah, well, we put some special gifts in place for your listeners, Ben. So if you want to check out free gift, G-I-F-T, free gift from Chris, K-R-I-S, Dot com. I just put some special stuff in there that we still charge for. So you guys might want to check that out. And otherwise just reach out and, and, you know, send me a direct message on LinkedIn and tell me you heard me on Ben's fabulous show and we'll become fast friends and tell me what you're struggling with. And I'll be sure to hit you back and give you a few tips. Awesome. So that is Chris Ward. We'll have links uh, in the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash two, three, two. Chris, thanks for joining me on the show and helping us, helping me and helping our listeners win the hour, hopefully then win the day. Thank you, Ben. All right. Thanks again to Chris for joining me on this episode and for inspiring me to crack on into 2022 and make this one of the best years yet in my business. And hopefully for you too, as you've listened to this episode, if you haven't yet left a rating and a review for the Engage Video Marketing Podcast and you've been listening for a little while, can I ask a little favor of you? Right here at the start of 2022, if you could just do me, do me a solid and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you listen to this show, that would be so valuable to me. It helps this show get to more so that's it for this episode. I'll be back with you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. And I can't wait to get into this year with you and help you become a more confident video strategist to grow your business or your clients. Let's go.